Hello and welcome to another episode of Film Friday. I'm Kevin Kyo, and this week we have on my girlfriend, Dara Carney. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so this is a special episode because this is the first episode that has been recorded person to person. So she is actually in the room. Yeah, so this week we are doing Psycho. No, no that's, that's not, not the, the that's not the music. We literally just watched this film last night. <laughs> no. Jesus. <laughs> I think I forgot all of the film. Okay. Well before we get into the film, why don't you tell the people a little about yourself? Yeah, my name's Hadar. I go by Dara. Uh I work in a day program with special needs, uh special need adults. Uh we do lot of fun things during the day so a lot of my day is creating really fun things um my favorite holiday though is halloween and that is why i chose to be on this week and to do this movie super excited about it um yeah Yeah. that's a little about me oh i live in canada now so that's exciting (laughs) with you yeah i mean not new information to me but um new information to um any listeners out there yeah and yeah so there is n- enjoys films but i suppose not to the extent that i enjoy films no uh, it's definitely different i would i would watch them i do have a special superpower you would say i fall asleep to any movie we put on <laughs> yeah so if dara ever picks a film um and i don't like it i'm going to be stuck watching it till the end whereas she will probably only watch 20 minutes and she'll drift off which i'm sure many people can relate to out there in the real world yeah i guess it's not really a superpower <laughs> no but... it's not i don't think Dang so it. i think it's a big uh probably a big relationship thing but um you only watched this film a cup for the first time a couple of months ago yeah so i had never seen it um during when quarantine hit kevin made a list of like movies that I've had like have to see um and we were starting to watch a couple of them like he would give me the list and then I got to choose which one and Psycho was one of them um Mm -hmm. and I was very curious wanted to watch it and literally right after I watched it I was like this is one of my favorite movies now yeah yeah so for those of you who don't know about Psycho um, it is one of the staples of cinema movie history. It is directed by Alfred Hitchcock, the great Alfred Hitchcock, uh, written by Joseph Stefano, who was a recurring writer on the Alfred Hitchcock show. Fun fact, it was released in 1960. You want to give us the 10 second summary of this film? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So wait, wait, get yourself mentally prepared. Wait, can I do spoilers? Okay. Yeah, that's a good thing. So warning. Just big, big, big spoiler warning. This is, I would regard, one of the greatest films ever made. And it's a staple in film history. If you haven't seen this film and you really want to enjoy it, I'd suggest not listening to this podcast and going to watch it before you listen. You can keep listening if you're like not a big film person or whatever and you're just interested in listening. Go ahead. But I, as you know, I give the budget and then you have to guess the box office. So the budget which, fun fact, was funded by Alfred Hitchcock himself, 
was 800,000. How much do you think I made at the box office? You said 800,000? Yeah. Mm. So it was a very cheap film to make. Yeah, very. But it was also back then, though. So that. So this is in the 1960s. Right, so that could be a lot of money. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I guess it was a lot of money back then. Um, so what do you think I made at the box office? Um, maybe like two million dollars. <laughs> two million dollars. It made fifty million dollars. Are you serious? Yep, fifty million dollars. Quite a quite a payback for um, good old Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. But the reason he um funded this himself was because nobody believed in the project. They thought it was too gruesome. I guess it was from the nineteen sixties and. Yeah, he was just like, fuck it, I'm going to fund it myself. And he did. All power to him. Yeah. I implore you, please, go and watch it. It's an amazing film. Even if you don't like films, like, it's just, it's like a piece of history. uh, American history, just, it was a staple in film history. It is. Like, it's, I'm jealous for all the people who get to watch it. Yeah. For the first time. Like, you should definitely go and watch (laughs) Psycho. So, you've been warned. Now's your chance. Still here? Okay, Dara, you ready? I'm going to count you in. Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, no, you ready? I'm going to count you in. Three, two, one, go. Okay, Psycho is about a, uh, a, a girl, and then she stole money, and then she goes to this hotel, and then she gets murdered, and then she's like, <laughs> oh my god. That was so bad. So even if you kept listening, Dara didn't ruin the spoilers of the film. The major spoiler. No, you didn't. (laughs) Can I try again? No, I let May do that last week. And no, what? I gave Luke gave three seconds, but Luke created the music for the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So no. Um. So the big twist that Dara left out is that Norman Bates is the killer but he's actually has a split personality and he thinks he's his own mother yeah there you go spoiler warned if you kept listening well there you go it's ruined on you now no turning back now you might as well listen to the rest of the podcast so i know you only watched it for the first time a couple of months months ago and then rewatched it again for the podcast but why this film why why'd you pick this film um well, I don't, so I love Halloween. I love, like, scary, the whole scariness of Halloween. I love, like, dressing up and everything. I like um, scary movies, but I'm not, like, a huge fan of them. So it has to be, like, a certain scary movie. Um, so I wasn't super excited to watch this one, but you were, since it was on the list, I wanted to give it a chance. Um, so right after we watched this, I, like you said, it, it really is a staple. Like I just really realized how good of a movie it was. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, I don't even know how to. Um, it's a very alluring film. Yeah. Like I am very there's just something about, there's you don't see it coming you don't see 
whatever is going to happen at the end. Spoiler. You don't see the spoiler. You don't see Norman. Yeah. The twist coming. You don't, you really are on your, yeah. Like you don't know what's happening throughout the movie until the very end. Mm -hmm. And I think it really draws you. It gives you a storyline. Each character also has his own storyline and you could follow each character, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And yeah, I just think it's a solid film. Like it's a solid watch. Like it's one of those movies where from the start to the finish, you're never bored. Mm -hmm. You're never, you know, scrolling on your phone. You're never. Yeah. It commands your attention. It does. I do feel, I know for me, I think I watched this first when I was like, when I started to get really into films when I was like 16 and 17 and I was looking up like the greatest films of all time and Psycho came up and it was always coming up in all these lists and like Alfred Hitchcock, he's a genius, he's a genius. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But what put me off was that it was in black and white. Oh, but that's what makes it so good. I mean, yeah, but that like, I don't know, I watched it and I like seen it it's in black and white. I was like, no, that's shy. <laughs> like, what is this old film? Yeah, basically I was, I was like, all right, I know it's going to be great. Like, you know what I mean? But it's in black and white and like, I'm so used to color. Um, so that actually held me off for a very long time. <laughs> sure. Ignorance of you. Yeah, it was very ignorant because the film's great. And the reason why you shot in black and white, it wasn't like a restriction of the times or anything. It oh, was... it wasn't? No. <laughs> <laughs> like Alfred Hitchcock has other movies. Like this was in 1960, it came out like... Well, I don't know. I haven't watched other mo- films. Yeah, I mean, 1960s, like color was a thing in cinema but the reason he did it was to cut down costs okay i think he he did it as an homage as well to um other films that he'd loved like old films old films yeah when did color first came out then when did color first come out yeah like colored films she said i don't know um maybe they came out in the 1940s around 50s maybe i don't know and I think that actually is holds off some people watching it. I can genuinely like see a lot of people having the same point. Yeah, of view I mean, I'm going to be honest. When it started, I didn't realize that it was all in black and white. I thought like the first scene is in black. Is, it's like a styles choice. It's like, or yeah. So I thought, okay. And then I thought they were going to then go into a colored, mm-hmm. um, colored shots. And it kind of put me off and I was not super excited to watch it at that point so i get what you mean but i think it gives it so much of a i mean i'm not a film person so i don't but like a style it really oh, like, yeah definitely gives it it adds to its style like even the intro like the intro is like so unsettling like oh, just yeah, the string the music, music and then like but like the way he uses like the coming up of the names and all it's like it's all in lines. It's a very unsettling, I think, from the start. And I think the black and white unsettles here. For me, it unsettled me as well. As well. Um, I feel like I had this thing where it's like, oh, I'm not used to watching stuff in black and white. Yeah. Like, this feels kind of weird. weird. Yeah. It, you get this eerie sense of it. Very much so eerie. And then also, it made them, I don't know if it's just because we watched it in HD last night, but the people look no. like porcelain oh figures. Like, they look like walking dolls. Which is crazy because you'd think nowadays with the technology and the film People that look we better. have, yeah, but <laughs> no. they don't. No, they looked so much better. Like they this, literally look like dolls. Yeah, this this starred it had Janet Leigh. Um, I think I'm mispronouncing her second name as a uh, 
Marion Crane, and she was like at the time, I'm pretty sure she was like hot shit actress. She was would be like Scarlett Johansson, yeah, of the time. Well, doesn't Scarlett Johansson play her in Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. So this film and like this production of this film has so much behind it that there's actually a film made called Hitchcock about him, Alfred Hitchcock, trying to get this film made because there was so much shit in it. And yeah, Scarlett Johansson does play um, Janet Leigh. Um, but yeah, she was like the big, I think she was a big draw. And her and Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins, so cute. <laughs> the guy that plays Norman Bates. That was like, wow, he's really handsome. <laughs> he's so handsome. Well, so is your, so they're all so, beautiful like, people. They're all beautiful people. That guy, the guy, um, the guy that plays, is a Sam? Sam? Yeah, yeah, her boyfriend. Yeah. And the husband. Yeah, he's like, they're all just like Ken dolls. And Barbies, and she actually, she Janet look, Leigh, she looks exactly like a, a Barbie, Barbie, doesn't she? Yeah, well, the old Barbies, I would have to say, with the curl, because she had short hair, but yeah, I don't know, her face, though, she is gorgeous. And then her sister looks almost exactly like, the woman who plays her sister mm-hmm. in the film looks almost exactly like her. Yeah, I, I love how we, um, <laughs> it was funny because you say it's like the old Barbies. But like her bras are so pointy. <laughs> oh my god, so bad. <laughs> like, was that a thing back then? That's probably why they burnt their bras ten years later in the seventies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean they were so uncomfortable. So like, why wouldn't they? Yeah, I definitely feel from the start though, because you're what he does is that it's like a bait and switch, because you get drawn into this one character, so you follow Marion, and. It's like such a slow draw in of all the characters. Yeah, it is. Well, I also, I uh, noticed though, this was a very big thing to, because in the 1960s, women still were, you should be married and have like kids and yeah. like have a wife. What, by home. like her age, what age, what age is she in? I, her in her 20s, maybe? Like 30s? 20, I don't know. But she. I'd, I'd say she's around late 20s i think it's almost it is a good girl gone bad because you come in and she's hot like on her lunch break having sex or but she's not even having an affair though that's the show at the time yeah Yeah. she's not having an affair but they have to hide it though hide it because because she's not they're not married so there's like i think it's like a whole thing of like the shame of that right that like comes along with it so they have to like sneak around and they have to hide and well, because she won't be, because he, she's not his first pick, I guess. So then. I guess it's just really old school, isn't it? It is very old school. But then that's, that's the whole thing. Like she's being out of the box, you know, she's being mm-hmm. an out of box woman in the 1960s. She's the one who's like, yeah, no, I want to like, I'll help you pay for the alimony. Yeah. And I want to come and see you and I want all of this stuff. And she's on her lunch break as well, which is crazy. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's just a very interesting character. Like, you want to know more about her because she, as it goes on, she goes back to work and she's kind of acting all weird. Yeah. And it's, you want to know, like, something up. I couldn't tell, like, the second, especially the second time watching it, you're watching it and is she acting just weird or is that how she is? Or is there something more going on with her? Yeah. That you don't really know what she's doing until she does it. 
Right. Yeah. Like, so the money, so she goes back to work and then her boss puts her in charge of this money. And then she's just like, she's just acting really off. When does she decide to just take the money and run off? Yeah. But, uh, you, she doesn't, there's not like a moment where she decides. I think she it just, like, there's not like a moment on camera, I don't think. I don't remember. No. Because she goes and it, this guy comes in because he's buying a house and he's like, yeah. I have $40,000 in cash. And he's like, which was millions back then. Yeah. He's flirting with her and she's giving none of it. She wants nothing to do yeah. with him. And But then when she goes home, she's just like straight away packing her packing bags. Packing her bags. Yeah. I like, do you think, because she has like that inner monologue going on through her head of like what other people are saying, do you think that that's that actually, was such a cool thing, yeah, but do you think that that's actually what people are saying or do you think that that's just her interpretation of what people are, going to, are going to say? I don't know. See, that's when I was watching it the first time I thought it was her monologue, but then when I was watching it yesterday again yeah. for my second time, <laughs> uh, I thought maybe it was that's how they were trying to show you what was happening back in Arizona. What else, what, 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 while staying on her, in, keeping yeah, the tension on her. On her. I mean, it's based is, on a book, so yeah. it could be that this was like Hitchcock's way of like, because he does, he starts, he builds the tension so brilliantly because it's like straight from when she's leaving, like you're like, oh, she's doing something wrong. Oh, her boss saw her in the car. Can we talk about... <laughs> Before we get forward, can we talk about the fact that her coworker just simply was like, do you want to take some tranquilizers? <laughs> just how very simple and just like off the shoulder it was that she said that her doctor prescribed her twink- tranquilizers. I think, her. I think, I could be wrong, but I think that that um, coworker is off of Hitchcock's daughter. Oh, is it? I think so. He has his daughter in the... In he's also in it as yeah, well. Yeah, he's in it at like he the does start like the somewhere. Cameo. Yeah, but which he does in most of his films. Does he? Yeah, oh, just like, like Marvel. <laughs> well, I was gonna say more like Quentin Tarantino, but uh, yeah, he like puts himself. I think back then he was like the original, if you want, Stan Lee of his films. So mm-hmm. apparently he put this put his cameo in so early in the film because he didn't want the audience looking out for it. Because apparently, like the audience, he was known for doing that, so the audience would like actually. Look, look out, out. i mean that's what it. you do for i mean i wouldn't know Not anymore i <laughs> 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 mean like it's true like we're not gonna be unless they cg a bit to everything like they did for the last one didn't they no we had already shot a, oh he did oh for those of you who don't know um stanley it got a cameo in nearly every marvel movie um because I know there's some people that don't watch Marvel movies that listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's crazy. What he does then is brilliant. Like he's he's definitely just a master of his craft. Like from the second that she gets on the road, he just starts building tension again by the policeman. And the policeman uh, is just like yeah. this looming character. He's almost like non a non-person because you can't see his eyes and you never see his eyes. So he's more of a caricature of like just these big glasses. That's just a shadow that's looming over her, almost like her conscience. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The I found the cop creepy. Like he was it either because she's a woman alone driving across the state, and that's why he questions her more at that time, 
or well, I think it's because I couldn't decide if she was acting weird. I think she was or, acting really weirdly. Like she's. I also don't understand why she didn't just say, "I'm just." Like she never just gives him a story. She's just, I need to go. I need, I need to, to go. Well, that's why he follows her because, like, she's super. Like she's super suspicious. Like she's really suspicious. <laughs> so, like, I understand. I mean, honestly, I feel like this cop needs more shit to be doing because, like, she's <laughs> she's a bit suspicious, but like she's not suspicious enough that you follow her around for like the whole day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he stops her in the morning. No. So he just yeah he doesn't stop her. She's asleep in the car. Uh, and he yeah. pulls up and then he just follows her for the rest of the day. But I th- I think it shows that like her inexperience or her panic because she doesn't know what to say. It does build tension though. Like, because that whole time when she's like training in her car, you're like, oh shit, he's still watching Like her. he's still oh. watching something. So then the whole, that's why I think this movie is so weird. So that's this whole thing. I almost thought, is it the cop? Is it the cop that's going to... What, when you were first watching it? Yeah. Is it the cop that's going to be the murderer, murderer. Or like a thriller part of it, you know, because you, you're questioning it when you're watching a scary movie. You want to know who well, did, it is, what it is right away. Right. Well, what so did you're you searching for when, it before you watch this? Did you know, like, so all the way back, like when you watched the first time, the first did time? you know anything about this? Whole? Nothing. I watched it. You didn't even know the famous scene or anything? No. Right. The shower scene? Yeah, obviously. I've heard I heard of it. Like you've seen references of it, but like you didn't. No, I've never seen it. No, not really. Not even the music? No. Dun, 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 dun. No? Okay, the music. Yeah. Yes. But in like memes and stuff. I mean, I don't think there's memes of <laughs> Maybe not memes. Cut that out. <laughs> no, I'm leaving that in. No. <laughs> memes of psycho. Jeez, uh, me bars isn't that is you're like what's a meme <laughs> when Hitchcock bought the rights to the book he had some of his producers go out and buy as many copies of the books as he could so people wouldn't read the book and this like twist wouldn't be revealed I could see why it is such a good twist I maybe my favourite twist in every movie I've seen any movie I've seen I mean, when it's funny because, like, when she pulls up to the motel, because you're so invested in Marion. You are. Like, you're like, okay, so our story, she's, this, the film is about her. And also, like, in all of the film things are in the posters. She's the face of it. Right. Like, Norman well, you, Bates yeah, is, like, in it a little bit. Like, he's, his, like, his face is a tiny bit on the poster. She's the main thing, so. Well, she's the main. He's wanting her. He put her out to be the main character. protagonist, yeah. But yeah. then, like. So then I was thinking, as you're watching this for the first time, you think that the motel is just like, you Stop. don't, you, yeah, I don't, I didn't think that this was the final destination at all. I, no but, idea. I thought she was going to get somewhere. She was going to get caught or the police was going to kill her. I had no idea what was going to happen. Definitely when she shows up to Bates Motel. Yeah. Not thinking that that was where everything was going to happen. Shit hits the fan. <laughs> so Norman Bates only in the book. He's introduced. The book starts with Norman Bates. Does he? Yeah, like the book from the start. It has like has Norman Bates book. writing in his like diary, mm. and then Marion is only in two chapters of the book, and then the, and the book is like seventeen chapters. So she's only like a tiny part in the book. So this was all Alfred Hitchcock's idea, which is genius. It really is. It's genius. He's it shows him also shows casting him. for um, Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins. He's his charm 
is so disarming. That's amazing. Like he's his like innocence and his handsomeness from the start. From the start, the moment he's just such a lovely fella. You're like, and he's so disarming. Sweetest smile. Yeah, and but he's like he's almost got like this innocent boyishness. No, he definitely does. When he he, you can see it when he talks, and then he kind of like does his little like giggle almost yeah, and yeah. then he takes back what he's gonna you, you know that it's this innocent like he is reacting reacting to what he just said yeah and it's like he's never been around the woman before and it's like it's almost like watching a a teenage boy talk to his crush uh, yeah like, yeah no for sure and it's it, it's a credit to um anthony perkins who is a fantastic, great actor in this. Oh, he's amazing. He is... Don't get me wrong. Look, you're one that plays Marion. Like, she's good. I think she plays it right. But sometimes she's very cardboard static. Very. And well, I don't know I if that's honestly, the character. I think once Anthony Perkins, Norman Bates, steps onto the scene, she really... You lose her. Yeah. You're, you're, in, you're drawn, you're to, drawn him. to him. You're watching him the whole time. But he's so time. real. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's like his acting is so real like yeah. I never like watching sometimes with Marion and like look this could be like a stylistic choice or it could be a thing I don't know but watching her for me personally I felt like I went in and out I was like I felt like she was acting sometimes yeah but with him I just I always felt like it was Norman Bates he makes you sympathize with him yeah it does well Throughout the whole thing, even when he's done something, mm-hmm. you still feel bad for him. The way he talks, or not even—it's not even feel bad for him. Yeah, sympathize. You you want you empathize mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, you you just want you want them to do well. You do. You, you, you want you're real for, for him. Yeah, you're like go on, Norman, kill all those people, <laughs> get away with it. Um. Well, obviously, we don't know it's Norman till the end. But, um, spoiler. Spoiler. I already spoiled there. Yeah. Yes. So I love the chat between the two of them. I think is really um, it's a real crux in the film because after that chat, like there's parts in that when they're kind of talking, and you're like, "Oh, Norman's being a bit weird." Yeah. But then you're instantly disarmed by his just innocence. Innocence, just like it gets gets cold if you need anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm so like, then yeah. she, you know, he asks her. Well, she asks, "Is there?" a place I can go eat. So you know that there's, I think this was really important because he says the closest thing is 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. So you know that there's really nothing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you're really on the outskirts of you're whatever really, city uh, that they're in. They're like off the, off the, off, grid. off the highway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, he says that multiple times that like the highway has moved and like they don't get any business, business. anymore. Yeah, so you really realize. And so that's when it starts getting a little bit eerie and, you know, well, what do you think? Things. Like, getting back to what I was saying, like, after that, like, you hear Norman talking to his mom and his mom talking back. Yeah. And like, then you're like, his mom is like abusive to him and like, saying like no this girl can't come up here but like there's very two distinctive voices and that threw you off like i remember that through like obviously he used that as a device to throw you off to guessing the twist yeah because like you never think you're like there's obviously two characters yeah like he's using well because you don't know it's norman and you hear this the mom's voice and it's just so you already are like oh this is it 
it's what a, her. What a Karen. What a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what a Karen. She's just she has something off with her voice. She's very rude and scary. It's sinister. Almost. Well, I you think know something's going to happen with an old lady. For me, it's almost like the house. Because the house is so... like It's sharp. It's like a horror house. It's, mm. It is scary, the house in itself. And for me, I found like... I felt like the old lady was a voice for the house. Then, obviously, like the scene that I was talking about where her and Norman talk and they talk about their past and run away from issues and like you feel throughout that entire conversation I did and anyway I feel so sorry for Norman yeah he's trapped but in him just explaining his situation to her he convinces her to do the right thing yeah well because he's saying he doesn't want to be you know you don't want to be trapped I'm running away you're running away you're you're you know you're don't just run away because mm. he's talking about his trap and then she says you know it well she's taking it like as an audience member you think oh well this is like the person that like talks her into doing the right thing so well, she's she's going to go back and then the film's like so that's what it's going to be like that's the next stage of film of her going back right but Maybe you don't the cop comes back yeah <laughs> like but then you but you don't even realize that I think though watching it the second time when he's talking about being in a trap now knowing the ending, yeah, I think he's talking about his mental state that he's, he's trapped, trapped his mom and yeah, and that he can't leave her. That he well, yeah. he can't leave ever, yeah, because it's all in his head. So he's trapped. Do you think that because they talk about it then at the end when like Norman when like the psychiatrist is like they switch between both of them but he says that Norman was never always Norman but sometimes he was completely mother so do you think that him talking to her was like his way of like trying to get out trying to get out yeah it's it's almost like he mother is such a entity in him Mm -hmm. and then He's trying but the little parts of Norman that are still there. And you can see that's why I think you like Norman so much. Right. That's why mm. those little parts of him that are good and sweet and innocent are fighting. And that's what he's trapped. He's trapped because when mother takes over, there's, no need there's nothing he can do. I mean, it's interesting because even when you're watching back, like obviously we were watching it last night. I still felt, and I know the twist, but I still felt so sorry for the guy. You do. You feel sorry for him. I don't know if you read it, but I read somewhere after I was really curious about how they do the mother voice. So Alfred Hitchcock, actually. Hitchcock? Hitchcock. Hitchcock. <laughs> a lot of C's in his name. Um, he had three women record their voices saying his their the, the mom's mom. lines and then he spliced little parts in. parts of them together to get this very original sounding sounding old lady thing. yeah that's pretty cool isn't it it's unnerving then it shows once again it's a thing that anthony perkin acting that even after he so she goes into her room and like he peeps on her yeah but even after that like you're like oh that's gross but you're still just like no, but you're it, like but it's never because seen anyone. that's exactly what it is, though. It's kind of like a 14 year old boy peeking yeah, on like is. a woman. Like, and you're just like, ah, look, it's just he doesn't know. He just doesn't any know better. any better. Exactly. 
Yeah. And it's not as if he starts doing anything. No, he really just wants to look. He's curious. At, he's he's curious. just curious. That's the whole thing. He's curious. He's never seen anything like mm-hmm. that. He's and but that you're still so he's still so innocent. Yeah. You don't think that he's gonna do anything bad. You don't know that it's you still. I think though, once mother is introduced, the, that she takes over and your thought of like she is going to be the killer i mean or some kind of then that's a big scene like can you i mean i don't remember the moment of like her dying but like for you like can you remember like what was like so you're thinking that she's the main character yeah and like then out of nowhere like she just gets fucking killed yeah i mean but i i think because it's a thriller you know it's almost yeah but she's your like think of like people what like this would have been like so huge i think it's called uh false it's called a false protagonist so you like it's obviously it is what it says in the thing like you make the audience believe that this is the hero and then you pull the rug from underneath them you're like right I think your faces are scarier. <laughs> I wish people could see your faces. Wow, what a make of that music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think I was just so freaked. The shower after that. Uh, yeah. I was just, I think the mother is just so, I, it, even saying it, it's just scary. The mother. What? You know, and what? mother. You just, you think you don't see her. Which you obviously, do kind of. Well, no, you see her shadow. You see her shadow. This I think shadow that's over. what's so scary is, is she gets into the water or to the shower, and you don't you don't think anything of it. You know, she's showering, and then all the, the music it builds. Music is such a big oh, character. It's, it's like a character of itself it, in the film. Yeah, it's it's all it's storytelling. It's storytelling throughout the whole whole film, mm-hmm. and it you know you. It builds, it builds, it builds, and then you just see her as she rips open the shower curtain, yeah. and you see the scene of her holding the knife, and mm. then it comes down. So, Alfred, and you're kind of like, yeah. oh. Alfred Hitchcock said, and this is like Scary. a quote from him. He's like, because like, because obviously one of the most famous scenes in all of cinema. He says, "Why is it though?" He says, "As you know, it could not take the camera." Uh, you could not take a camera and just show a nude woman. It had to be done impressionistically. So it was done with little pieces of film. The head, the feet, the hand, etc. In that scene, there were 78 pieces of film in about 45 seconds, which is a lot. So basically, he wanted... So that's why it creates like it's the music and the build-up. It's all choppy, choppy, choppy. But the reason, just to answer your question for you, is about why it's such a big thing, because... You got to think of like when this film was released. There was nothing like this before. This is why Paramount didn't want to make this film. Like right. he was like, I want to make this is my next big film. He showed them the book Psycho, and they're like, oh, it's grotesque. There's murder. Like there's it's gory. There's like, naked women. Yeah, there's naked women. Exactly. Like that was a huge thing in it. Like so, for the time where it is to show a woman, like I and mean, we don't just even see in the it. Shower. Yeah, just you don't even shower. Like show her. Yeah. So like. You show you're showing a naked woman, parts of a naked woman. You're showing such a gory death. You're showing her blood, even though fun fact it was chocolate syrup. Was it? <laughs> yeah, chocolate syrup. 
um, because it gave it with the color blend, the black and white, it gave it a good menacing thing. Oh, um, yeah. And then you, yeah, you have like a slasher just killing a woman in a shower. So like this was huge. Like this got banned. This scene is the reason that like it was, wasn't shown in Ireland when it came out. Really? Like there's countries there that banned it. I know that it was banned. Yeah. I think compared to now, the killing scenes and scary movies you see now are just a lot different. I think what helps you're still scared because of the mu- like the music and the choppiness of it and how he's showing Well, it's almost like the entire film. So you're going into a film and I think as you said, you know it's a thriller, you know it's a scary movie. But up to this point there's been no slashing, there's been no killing, there's been like kind of there's been tension building. But this is the first time where there's like it's almost like an explosion. Like it's been yeah. building up and this is like the like music wise. Like the music has all been building to this one scene. It has. Like all the characters have all been building to this one scene. So when it happens, it's just like and I think it's hard to compare to like scenes today because it's such a different First society. Time. Yeah. Like think of like we like what young people are exposed to now, like simply on social media. Yeah, that's true, yeah, yeah. Like, you wouldn't even bat an eye at us. But back in the day, like, you didn't see any stuff like this. A nudie mm-hmm. magazine was probably, like, a girl's ankle or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <gasps> how dare she? Send her to the convent. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's cool, though. I was, some of the themes about, like, that scene as well, though, is that before she shows up, it's, like, torrential, dirty rain pour. Then she goes in. She has a conversation with Norman who changes it around. And then she goes in and she's almost cleansing her sins in the clean water and baptizing herself like of the guilt, washing away the guilt that like she has felt all this long. And you can see in her face like she's happy. She's like, I'm making the right decision. I'm going back to bring this 40,000 back. I'm going to explain it. I'm doing the right thing. And then she gets killed. Mm. But it's just a cool like little little themes that he little put theme, in. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, one of the things I was thinking as well is that when that when he pushes the card to the swamp and like then it just like goes into blackout. What like imagine watching that in the cinema, you're like, Where the fuck do we go now? Yeah. Her main character's dead. Yeah. Like well, like that's where like everything's like, what do you do now? Right, because the whole time you're thinking that she is right, yeah. I could see that if you're watching it back then. I do, I definitely I didn't think that think that because i was like okay what happens next because you're so involved you want to know what happens mm-hmm. with norman yeah i think it almost is like the main character gets switched really yeah i mean it is so it's norman's like, your main character well, now. that's what um what i was saying it is the uh, fake protagonist right like, yeah you know, so you yeah hitchcock wants you to believe that marion's the main person but it's w- really normal it is i would have to say i did mention it last night well the seamless cleanup of being murdered in a shower. <laughs> like, he didn't even... The effort. It's just like, eh, I'm going to mop, and then I'm going to throw her into the <laughs> swamp. swamp. Like, but I love the sheer, the sheer horror that Norman has. Mother, blood, what have you done? Yeah. So if you... Not like, even. I was, like, thinking, I was like, so once, what... So he kills So he kills her, and he's still in the garb, and he's dressed up as his mom, and he goes back... Here, and like, do you think like he looks into the mirror and he's like, what have you done? Oh, it's almost, it, and they say, I mean, uh, I think with that kind of split personality, um, 
mental health um disorder disorder yeah it's they say it's almost like they're waking up have you ever worked with anybody that has like i know obviously not to that extremes where they're like two different people but have you ever like come into like in your like your field um not really no have you heard of anything like that or i mean because i haven't obviously i work with special needs so it's not not as much when i worked in the hospital um Mm -hmm. i worked on a neuro floor so we would Mm -hmm. get psych patients in right uh before they would get transferred to the psych uh like the actual psychiatric hospital um i've heard stories I've, i've never seen it personally um but i've heard stories of some of the patients that were on and it was one of them you weren't allowed to wake him up when he was sleeping because he would switch and he would like it was as if he was a monster or something really yeah he actually they had to call a code 99 because he What's adopt- a code 99 when they have to call security to help because he attacked the nurses on the floor like all the nurses had to run and hide and would like would he talk like when he woke, woke up like say you woke him up like yeah. would he be like a different person a like, different like yelling now or something I, I don't know, but he would, he was like so angry. He was yelling and all this stuff. I don't know. It was it happened before I started working there, but um, I wouldn't. Would you think that? I'm very curious as I've read a lot of stuff like stu- that articles about it. I think okay. the mind is very. I mean, we watched Hannibal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, the well, like interestingly enough, that so Norman Bates like. Even the book is based on a real killer. Killer, yeah. But he, I don't think he had a split personality. But that the killer that he's based on, Ed Gain, uh, he's like the basis for like lots of Hollywood killers, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, in in Silence of the Lambs, he's the basis of the guy that's like, "Would you fuck me, Ed? Fuck me?" Your favorite line. Yeah, and he puts like the lipstick on yeah. that guy. Yeah. Okay. And then he's also um. Have you seen you've seen American Horror Story? Do you know season two? The skin person. Like Oh, uh, this one the asylum one? Yeah, asylum and like she goes into your man's house and like all the stuff is made out of skin. Ew. Like so that was like an actual person. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. So like apparently when they like found so they found this fella, like he had a him and his man was really close, like to a similar situation like this. Mm-hmm. And he took care of his mom and she died. And then when they like found out like he'd killed like all these people and they searched his home, like everything in his home was made out of human skin. He had like lamps made out of like bone, like crazy stuff. That's crazy. Like crazy, like mad stuff. I think also mental, I think this is also the first, this is the basis of horror movies thriller movies scary movies whatever you want to call them killers cycle that are not just aliens monsters zombies dracula whatever they're real people real real people normal people that are psycho Mm. you know (laughs) yeah and i think that's such a turning point and i think when you realize this could be your neighbor yeah it's scary i think that's also why make why it makes it such an amazing film because it's real well i suppose i guess 
real's a hard thing, but like I also don't want to dis like say, oh well, this could never happen like to this extreme because I feel like it probably good. You, like you, there's definitely you never fear. know. That's the thing is you don't know, and that's what can make it scarier. Yeah. Could it happen? Could it not happen? I mean, like I feel like it's more. Like it's more realistic than like Freddy Krueger or like Jason Chainsaw Massacre. Like I don't know Chainsaw Massacre. I could see that in the south. Halloween. Halloween. The first Halloween. I could see the first Halloween. I just made a connection. What? The shower scene in Halloween is that taken after the shower scene? Yeah, I mean, like lots of stuff are like taken out like this. Like so, a lot. I was terrified of that shower scene. Yeah. So the reason that you're terrified, reason why. Dara seeing Halloween when she was a kid and she just couldn't shower. Like, so that was based off this. Well, uh, like, you know, that shower well, scene, like, yeah. you know. They say, I did also read another thing that in that shower scene was the first time you see an actual toilet in a film in America. <laughs> Which is so taboo. It is. It was. Yeah, I mean, this. that's why this film was such a big deal because, like, he was doing all this crazy shit that people were like, you can't do this. And he was like, watch me. Watch yeah. me make 50 mil, baby. Cashish. Really? Um, I don't think... We are talking a bit about this before, but I don't think he's... Oh, well, they say that he has done. They said that he's killed two girls before. But I don't think he's very experienced in it because he doesn't... He cleans up the evidence, but, like, he doesn't even rub her name out of the book. Well, but she doesn't put her real name down. Yeah, but, like, if you kill some, He doesn't know that that's not her real name. Yeah, he does because... She tells him Marion Crane, but still, like I feel. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously not going an expert. an expert at it. He's not going because he doesn't realize that how the private detective catches him is because he pulls out something that she's written on. So she, yeah. he's, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of like the whole relationship with his mom. Uh, it's called an Edivis complex by um Sigmund Freud did it, but I think it's basically where. You're in love. He's in love with your mother. Hmm. So like he, but I guess it's like a weird crisscross of that because that's what they say at the end, isn't it? It's like his mo- the reason that mother killed the girl was because she was jealous. Jealous, yeah, right? She of was the affection jealous. that he was showing, um, or yeah. he was feeling for. Yeah, and was not feeling for mm-hmm. her, right? Yeah. I think also another when they're sitting at dinner, like when he's feeding her and he he has all like the stuffed animals, birds, birds. And he talks about um, I have it. Uh, maybe he doesn't actually say it, but I think he's almost like metaphorically and literally talking about how his mom is like one of the stuffed birds. Yeah, she his mom is probably, I feel like the first stuffed bird. Do you know what I mean? Like she was the first one. First thing to because he, his mom. So he killed his mom, and her lover, and then he basically like stuffed her like one of his birds and kept her around. When do you think the point turned when he killed her? Do they explain it? I don't think. No, don't they remember. they do a little bit, but like, I mean, I think. It's kind of, it's poetic in a sense that it's a never-ending circle. Right. So, like, so you never know. So, like, his mom was, like, falling in love with this person, and Norman got jealous, so he killed both of them. Norman is falling for this girl, so his mom in his head gets jealous, so she kills her. Oh. 
so it's like it's kind of like a never-ending like yeah like a looping 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 around and like even when you see it when the film goes on it's all falling apart like i feel like and it's norman and you still feel bad for norman because you don't know that it's him you think yeah. it's his mom, like, and you. Well, you do, because then at the end, you know at the end, but like when you're watching the film, you don't know. No, but even at the end, you feel bad for him because at the end, his mom takes over. You know, okay, like, I get you. He's yeah. she's constantly. So then it brings it back. But then, do you really feel stopped. bad for him though? Because because he killed his mom in the first place. So. But he... what did his mom do? Because, you know, you. She is then. You gotta watch Bates Motel okay, TV no, show. I have to though. <laughs> Maybe I mean you don't know. That's the whole thing. I think Alfred Hitchcock, Hitchcock, yeah, does such an amazing job of making him seem, or even if it's just Anthony Perkins and his acting, making him seem so innocent and likable that you're really like, really oh, it's mom's you, fault, yeah. mom's yeah. fault. His mom was so abusive to him when he was little, or all this fault, stuff. Yeah. It's her fault. I mean, right. realistically, like, there but is a lot, there is a lot to see in that. When she was little, when or when was he weird. was little, was he always weird? Your heroes then become because the, when I found out when the detective goes into the house, and like they're starting to look around the house, I wanted to explore the house. Yeah, because the house is well, almost you like see it's, mom. What it's he like a ca- yeah, but it's like a character in itself. It's like. Like when you eventually, then at the end, when you get, when um, Marion's sister gets to go through the house. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, she's going through like her room. And like, but like the room herself, the mother's room is like so fascinating. I feel like you could look at every nook and cranny and there'd be like this little twisted story. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that like when she goes into Norman's room, then it's a child's it's room. A child's room mm-hmm. And like, it's still like his bed. So like, he's like he still sleeps there like you can see that's unmade oh i guess he did take her down to the cellar because as you remember when is she always lying in her room in her room probably well he yeah she probably she finds the indent yeah so i think the mother's always there and like like they said like norman just goes around the house just being her bringing her yeah do you think he just brings mom along (laughs) okay mom it's time for dinner i'm gonna bring you downstairs well like that's putting like stuff into her mouth and like chewing <laughs> her and like moving her thing she's like a ghost it goes you know when ghosts eat and then it goes down Ugh. the twist at the end though was brilliant like why do you remember how you felt when you um first seen it i was shocked i was i think you had more i think i remember you had more questions than anything because you were like but I, I heard both of them talk yeah i was just so confused i think Watching it the second time, though, I think you realize that it's him because I don't think I noticed this. But when he comes in as mother, he's holding the knife and then Sam comes behind him and mm-hmm. grabs him. You see him mm-hmm. kind of change. Yeah, a little bit like, you know, you know, like, kind of coming Rrr. back, He's you know. Yeah, he's... And I think I didn't notice that. I was just so shocked that. Was, yeah. That's a terrifying visual, though. Like when he comes terrifying. in and he's like smiling and he like has the things like. Yeah. It's terrifying. Ter- well, it starts with the. She spins the chair around and it's the skeleton, and you're like, holy What's fuck. What's happening here? Like, but even before then, you know. You know, just something's up because the, 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 the sheriff, sheriff the sheriff says, like, well, then if the mother's up in the house, then who's buried? 
because Norman that's when you find out Norman Bates's mother was dead. dead yeah so you know something you slowly start finding out what did more you think when you first well I guess you um, watch it when you're 16 I, I think I I knew something was up and I knew that something was coming that was going to be big like I, I, thought, I like like I've told you before I usually have a good knack yeah you of do like guessing like what the twist of film. I didn't guess did you guess this one I don't know because this was before I watched Fight Club, I think. Or this was after I watched Fight Club. Um, spoilers for Fight Club. <laughs> um, and so that put that in my mind. So that was always a possibility in my brain then. That it that, could be something so opposite. No, no, that it could be the same person. Oh, because yeah. In sorry, Fight, Cl- Fight Club. Same, yeah, yeah, Fight Club, yeah, yeah. same person. And then Bates Motel, our fucking... Norman, yeah. Um, psycho, same person. So I'm. that could have been in there. I just, I honestly can't remember. I, I enjoy, I remember that I really enjoyed it, but other than that, like, I know Alfred Hitchcock also let the actors um just, like, gave them free flow in some scenes. Really? Yeah. To just do whatever? Just to do whatever, whatever felt natural. Um, Maybe that's why Anthony Perkins was so good. He, yeah. I mean, he really was. I think the whole end scene is pretty... Intense. Intense, the, I think. I wouldn't even kill this fly. On oh, my yeah. Head. I think when you're ha- when the psychologist comes out and explains, explains everything. everything to you, it kind of just. You needed that. <laughs> like, I think everybody needed. Okay, well, I have some quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Standout performance. Ah, Anthony Perkins, of course. Okay. Character you most relate to? <laughs> Anthony Perkins. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Really? Norman Bates. Um. Maybe the sister. Marion's sister? Yeah, because I would do anything if okay. I knew someone was, you know, That's fair. hurt. I would do anything to... <laughs> I'm just such a good person that like, I person. would just do this fantastic thing if anybody was hurt. I don't know who I would be. Who no, would okay, be? I'd give you that. Who, give you that. who would you? <laughs> Sam, Eat obviously. Um, oh all right, favorite scene? Oh, the ending. The end scene? Like the... Yeah. Yeah, I think the end when you find out when the, the when the psychiatrist explains everything. No, no, not that end scene when you you're when Lillian, the sister, goes oh, into and the turns cellar. The thing at me. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um favorite line. Uh I think my favorite line has nothing to do with like some of the main characters, but whether <laughs> they're Sam and Lillian just gets to Sam's uh, shop hardware shop ha- ha- yeah his, and he has some as a cashier and Lillian's like trying to explain to him what's happening and he turns over and he's like why don't you go get some lunch and he's like oh no I brought it with me I'm fine <laughs> he's like no go get some lunch he's like I gotta listen to it <laughs> uh, it's a tiny little laughing point in the movie like that because he's just so nonchalant he's like nah I brought it with me I'll just eat it here it's fine uh, final question. Um, what impact do you think that this film had socially, and then what impact do you think it had for you personally? I think socially. I mean, you've talked about this multiple times throughout the. It was one of its propellers. It was a propeller of film. You know, it mm-hmm. propelled tons of films to be made like it and mm-hmm. everything. I think. Though it was its first 
movie of its kind that it's not about monsters or like the scary thing is not about monsters. It's about a normal person that could be a murderer or psycho or insane. Mm -hmm. And it just, that's, that's creepy. Yeah. What about personally? Even though you just watched the government months ago. (laughs) Yeah. Personally, I think that it made me realize that I liked watching a good film and can appreciate it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like, you can appreciate, like... Everything about it. Everything about it. Yeah, I noticed so much more. It's it's so much more than just a film. Yeah. I definitely feel that, like, when you watch this first, like, you were talking about it, like, in the way that I talk about film after I'd watched it. Yeah, I was just so... Enthralled by it. Enthralled, like, it was... It was instant. I mean, the credits rolled, and I turned to you, and I was like, that is my favorite film. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well... Thanks for coming on. Uh, Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, I'm sure I would say to Dara, like like what I say to all my guests, like I hope you have on again, but I know we will have her on again. Because um, I'm doing my actual favourite film. We'll keep that secret. Um, so next week I'm having on Mr. Lee Coffey, a playwright, a playwright from Dublin and a very good friend of mine. And we're going to be doing Forrest Gump. Another film that Dara watched for the first time Such in quarantine. <laughs> I cried. Yeah. So good. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Lee is a great writer. So I'm looking forward to getting his thoughts on this brilliant film. So um, yeah, Dara, say goodbye to the people. Thanks for coming on. Goodbye, people. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. And I was.